Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ribbon. This podcast is brought to you by Pete's Car Smart Kia. These guys are not here just to sell you a car, but they believe in building relationships with their customers and the community. Visit their website at petescarsmartkia.com and be sure to follow them on their social media platforms as well. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell and as always I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse Pam McMillan. Here we are again, huh? Pam, we are. And I tell you, I am really enjoying season two of our podcast. How about you? I know we've got some great guests lined up, um, but do you like to read? Sometimes when I, when I am on vacation, usually is when I try to read. Do you like the first chapter or the last chapter? Mm, ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say the last chapter. You know, whenever I think of survivorship, you know, I think of it like a book. You have the beginning where they're going 90 to nothing and then the last chapter being survivorship. And I think for some of our listeners, maybe that chapter is the hardest chapter to process and get through um, with all the emotions, anxieties, the worries, the fears um, that come with that chapter. Yeah, and I would also maybe say, and I, I, again, we're neither of us have had cancer, so we're we're anecdotally going with this. But I would also say too, maybe that last chapter is the hardest for some, especially non-cancer folks, to understand. Oh yes, most definitely, because we look at those survivors and think, well, they look normal, and they're, they're done. They they should be better, right? Yes. 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 You know, I'm excited about our guests who can teach us a little bit more about um, ways to uh, cope with that last chapter of survivorship and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we've always said, we, we look for um, folks that can be experts in their field. And there's no question that, that today's guest, and we never want to put pressure on our guests, but we always feel like they are experts. Uh, we have Dr. Paula Feinstone, and she is a clinical psychologist at some place that we've already spoke with someone from uh, at the Fox Chase Cancer Center uh, that's a part of Temple Health. Uh, you know, Dr. Feinstone, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Ryan, and thank you, Pam. It's good to meet you. Thank to you. Yeah, it's very nice to meet you. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we want to pick your brain a little bit um, and share with our listeners, our survivors, um, Maybe as Pam talked about that last chapter of their treatment, which is survivorship. And I know it can be different. It can be difficult. It can be challenging and all the all the adjectives that we can throw at it. But let's just dive right in and let's just kind of start picking apart life after cancer treatment. I think for for some folks, the most challenging bit is that transition from being on active treatment to moving to now the survivorship stage. Um, and I did have someone tell me that it was an adjustment to start cancer treatment. It can be scary and overwhelming, but stopping was also difficult because we start to develop this adjustment of this is what's keeping my cancer under control or this is what's keeping recurrence at bay. Yeah. And now we've stopped treatment, what's keeping the cancer from coming back? And that can be very scary and sometimes very surprising for survivors because they don't expect to have that happen at that stage. 
you, you know, I used to be a clinical nurse at one of our facilities here in town, and I never realized the emotional toll that someone goes through once we say, you've completed treatment, we'll see you in three months. And um, I think as providers, um, we have to look, step back and think, put our, our put, put us in that position where, um, what are these patients feeling and how can we help them? Mm-hmm. No, I think those are really, those are really important questions. One of the conversations I often have with, with folks as they're transitioning from wrapping up treatment to the survivorship stages, how do you get reacquainted with your body and how do you reestablish that trust with your body? Mm-hmm. Because before cancer, we kind of look at our bodies and we have, we all have symptoms and, you know, you, you have a cold and you think it's just a cold or you have, you have some belly discomfort and you think eh, maybe it was something I ate. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to folks when they get that cancer diagnosis, it's sort of like, I thought it was something benign, but it's not. And right. their whole world changes when they hear those words, you have cancer. Right. You and know, then, a lot of people don't like that phrase, um, the new normal. And um, mm-hmm. so how, how do we get past of um, putting that label on that new stage of life? Well, I, I can appreciate why people don't like that, mm-hmm. don't like that phrase, because it isn't a normal that they would have chosen mm-hmm. or that they feel like they have control over. So when I'm working with people, I, I think and, and try to process less about thinking about the future in terms of months and months, but thinking about how can I get through today? How can I make today the best possible day that I have? We live in a society that is very future focused. Oh. And I tell people, you know, we have to we have to think about the future. You have to like pay your bills every month and you you have to plan those vacations or save up for for your kids college. But then also to come back to life happening today. So it, it truly is kind of like uh, the old adage of how do you you know, uh, eat an elephant. It's it's bit by bit and one bite at a time kind of thing. Um, yes. And, yes. and really focusing on that one moment. I, you said something that I thought was very interesting that I've really never um, thought of it this way, but reestablishing trust with your body. Mm-hmm. I, and to me, that just hit me like, like a ton of bricks. Like, oh my gosh, you're right. Because the minute you have a cough, you think, oh, maybe my lung cancer is back. Or the minute you have this, you, you, you know, they start to think that. Are there any, you know, how, how, how can, it's easy to say, oh, you need to do this. You need to reestablish trust with your body. But how, how can that happen? Well, one of the things that I share with patients is for them to think about who is providing their follow-up care. And um, part of the reason that we transition people gradually into survivorship is so that they do have many eyes on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about uh, uh, people in my family who have been through cancer treatment who in the survivorship stage, it was monthly appointments. And then it was every three months. 
And then it was every six months. And it's this gradual transition to give us time to reestablish. And then also, I encourage my patients to say, talk to your providers, ask them those questions of, I'm having this symptom, am I feeling this? Is this something that I should be concerned about? Or is this part of being a human being? This is, just, you know, just the cold, normal, and not the cancer. Yes. Yeah. You know, one thing you said there too, um, when you talked about going with um, Disney with their primary care and encouraging, you know, sharing about maybe um, some of the questions they have or some of the concerns they have, that brings me back to, Pam, the importance of that survivorship care plan and treatment summary. Making sure that when they sit down with you, which is a free service, you guys that are listening, if you've not had, if you've completed treatment and you've not had an appointment with Pam to have your treatment summary and your care plan put together and gone over, uh, it's a simple release of information. Pam then gets a hold of your records and compiles it down into a couple of page documents that's very simple and easy to understand. But it's important that you give that to your primary care for reasons like this, like Dr. Feinstone is saying, if you have a think you have a cold and you go to your primary doctor and they're not entirely sure all the things you had or your cancer treatment, they may not be able to adequately answer that question, right? This document takes the stress off of the patient to remember everything they've gone through. So it's a handy little document to keep up with. So how can they readjust to um, everyday life after they've, the completion of treatment? Do you have strategies for them? Well, part of uh, part of the readjustment is what I shared with earlier, taking taking life a day at a time. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, we do need to plan ahead, but not to live in that future of fear. To do those plans and then come back to like, how do I how do I manage today? Today. Yeah. Um, and then I also share with, with my patients a lot of the research that's come out about how wellness behaviors can prevent cancer from coming back. Exercise within you know, the individual's capacity, eating well, avoiding um, substances that could harm their body like alcohol or, or tobacco. Um, those really tangible things that, that people can do. To, to move forward. And then also to continue to find supports in their community to join a survivorship group, to connect with peers who are a little bit further along in their survivorship. Yeah. You know, I'm hearing a couple of things, Pam, that we have here at the, at the Survivorship Center. We, we always tell our listeners, and they may, they may think it's we sound like a broken record, but um, everything we have is not by happenstance, right, Pam? That's right. Uh, you know, one of the things, uh, Dr. Feinstein, that you said about um, support groups, we have an adult support group, we have a young adult support group, um, we and, and we have counseling services that are available, um, we have the exercise classes, we have wellness classes, we have nutrition classes, uh, we have opportunities for you to uh, ask questions of our dietitian. And one of the things that, that hit me too, that you talked about was finding a mentor. Uh, you talked about finding someone who is uh, maybe a further along in, in completion of treatment. Um, you know, we, I would encourage you guys listening, if you're interested or curious about a mentor, go back in season one and listen to our episode that we did with Fourth Angel. Um, that's our mentorship program that we work with out of the Cleveland Clinic. 
And, um, you know, that's something too, Dr. Feinstone, that might even be a benefit is um, once they feel, you know, out of treatment and they feel up to it, they could even be a mentor for someone going through treatment behind them. Yes. A lot of the therapy that I do as a psychologist is looking at the, the meaning of the cancer experience, but also it's kind of funny looking at cancer as a, as a metaphor. What is your body trying to tell you? And how do you need to maybe get some more balance in your life to keep yourself both physically and mentally healthy? Sometimes cancer happens to people who are, you know, they're working 80, 100 hours a week and they're exhausted and they're stressed. And maybe their body's saying, you need some rest. Maybe, yeah. m- maybe um, you know, expecting things of yourself that are a little more, uh, a, a, a little more kind. Yeah, be, almost kind of like a, maybe a, um, a shift in their priorities. Yes, yes, abs- absolutely. I, I do think that to be able to navigate survivorship successfully, I want people to look at their priorities and to be very honest with themselves and say, okay, what's, what's most important to me? And how do I want to spend my time? Um, you know, by all means, I wish people to have a good, long, healthy, normal lifespan. Right. You know, when but I'm to- with patients, um, a lot of times they feel guilty for taking time for them, self-care. How can we um, change our mind frame on that? I, I like to tell a, a little story. I kind of have to laugh at my myself. I certainly before the pandemic traveled a fair bit by by airplane and when you get on the airplane there's always that that those little instructions and they talk about the oxygen mask and they say put your oxygen mask on first and i i know this is a story that's been told a lot uh, but i never quite i never quite understood the the really practical logic of it i have a i have a family and being a caring person, I would, I would want to take care of them first until I realized that if I don't have oxygen, I'm going to pass out mm-hmm. quite literally. Right. <laughs> and so taking care of oneself is kind of the same, the same thing. If, if, if an individual feels as healthy as they possibly can be, they then have the energy to take care of the people that they love. Giving ourselves permission. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good analogy. Um, I've I've wondered the same thing, you know. It, but it, it, then you finally hear about that, and you go, "Oh, okay." But I've never thought about it in the in the terms of self care. Um, that is, that's I don't can't think of another way to, better way to describe it. Honestly, it, it is. You know, talk about to um, worry. I know that worry is a really big thing. I'm a worrier. Um, I know that, uh, you know, my worries pale in comparisons to other worries or, you know, whatever that might may be. But I know there is no doubt that fear of recurrence and the worry, uh, it, it's, it's always there for a period of time. Absolutely. And I want people to know that that fear of recurrence is realistic. 
it is it is re, it is realistic now, I, I think if we look at the science, we can't in our in good conscience say, oh, your cancer will never come back. But the whole course of treatment is to make that that chance of recurrence very small. And again, talk about making things kind of breaking them down to, to small manageable pieces. Say, OK, how are you doing today? Yeah, if you feel good today, enjoy today. If you if you're having a symptom today, that's when you can reach out to your primary care physician, your care team, the survivorship program to say, I don't feel well, what's going on? But to really break it down day by day. And that that's hard for us to do as humans. Oh yes. <laughs> Very hard. Yeah. When you talk about oh, go ahead, Pam. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say too. You know, with with that, um, I, you always hear the worry about what you can control, and and that's where I try to focus in my my. You know, is this something I can control? No, I can't. You know, then try to in my mind, I try to focus and shift my my worry and my energy and my effort to things that I can control. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because those of us who are somewhat what people might say control freaks maybe are you know, are you one of those i did i said some people okay <laughs> it's hard it's very hard yeah. it's very hard it's just human nature to want to control yeah we do you know yeah. we control what we eat we control what we wear we you know we control what we watch on tv or how we spend our time it, it is okay to want to have that control but as you said, Ryan, to know uh, what can we legitimately control and what do we what do we have to let go of? In the case of, of survivorship, what we can control is those wellness behaviors and then making sure that you're coming in for your follow-ups and that you communicate with your team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's that word. Communicate. Communicate. We like that. That that seemed to be the uh, most commonly, we should try to figure that out, Pam. I would think, though, that was probably the most commonly used word in our entire season one of 52 episodes. (laughs) I think so. I think so. And, you know, also, I think as survivors have to find a way to celebrate, celebrate their milestones that they um, accomplish, you know. How do you feel about that? Oh, I think that celebration is very, very important. I do advise people that when you you feel like the 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 biggest changes are past and your life has settled down a bit, to celebrate that survivorship, celebrate the hard work that you've done to go to all the appointments, to tolerate the discomfort and the pain and the anxiety, and to also share that celebration with those people that you love because they've been by your side they're they've had their own worries and struggles and they too are celebrating your survivorship uh, i think that's uh very very good advice um just and too as you said you know we always like to include caregivers and and support groups um in our in our, all of our classes their support network and whether it's a husband or, or a wife or a neighbor or a sister whatever the case may be their their caregiver 
um, gosh, they deserve to celebrate as well because um, if you it, you caregivers or, or, or folks that are listening who have caregivers, you know they they were by for the most part by your side the entire mm-hmm. journey. And um, as you said, celebrate making those appointments and celebrate you know struggling through the hard times. And here you are on the other side. Yeah, I've told people do that thing that you've had to postpone because of your treatment. So it can be, you know, getting yourself something special, getting yourself that big screen TV, if that's important to you, maybe having that, that big outdoor family, family picnic, socially distanced and safe, um, or, you know, saving up for that trip that you've always wanted to take. Yeah. But whatever you choose that, that's a, it's, um, it's something that's meaningful to you as the, as the survivor. Ron, I know you and I both follow the same Instagram account and um, the the cancer patient, and I know they always encourage them, their survivors, to get them a cake, celebrate cake. those appointments um, that they've um, successfully went through. Yeah, you know, you see that a lot, right? Their cancer anniversary, or this is my my mm-hmm. five my three year. Uh, since diagnosis or three years since treatment. And I think those are fantastic. I don't, I, I, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, why would you want to celebrate, you know, that? And, and, but, but I think it does, it, it shows, I say this all the time and I know it might be cliche a little bit, but our cancer survivors are some of the strongest people that I know um, for a, a plethora of reasons, not just, just because of, you know, oh, you're so strong because you went through this, but it is. And it's not, it sounds cliche to say that, but I think, um, I would want to celebrate each and every one of those milestones just to say, I'm not there now. Yes. Yeah. Celebrate your persistence, your determination, your um, putting up with the, with the, the, the pain and the fear and the, and the discomfort and the disruption that you, you and you're I know, I know a lot of our survivors may not be there yet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they they don't want to jinx it. They don't want to um, uh, put the cart before the horse. Um, so maybe we need to encourage them to give themselves time, you know, give themselves what? time to process it all. Everybody process this um, journey different. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I think you're very right, Pam. I think it takes some time for the the whole cancer experience to kind of kind of settle in our in our consciousness. I have seen in a number of a number of uh, folks who are going through their treatment, doing everything they need to do, being very very consistent about attending appointments and and their treatment and taking their meds as prescribed um and yet able to say this feels like a bad dream Mm -hmm. and sometimes there's a point sometimes it can be a year or more into treatment where the pieces kind of come together and that part of the brain that feels like this is a bad dream says no this is really happening but i'm moving through it and I'm getting there. And I think survivorship sometimes can be the same way that it's a, it's a process and it may take some time to kind of go, whoa, what, what happened to me? And how did I, how did I get here? Even though treatment might be 
you know, months in the past. And that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I, you know, and I think too some of our our survivors, because I've 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 heard from several say, well, I, I don't know that I consider myself a survivor yet, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to get your take on that. But here's here's where I land on that, and I know Pam, we've talked about this on um, numerous occasions. Is it's a label, and it doesn't really matter. Um, in our opinion, um, you, you, we consider you as the definition of a survivor from the moment you're diagnosed. Um, okay. Some places, uh, you know, treatment centers say, oh, you're not a survivor until you finish treatment or, oh, you're not a survivor until you have that five-year, you know, appointment or you're not a survivor until. And, and we say, while we consider you a survivor from the moment of diagnosis, which means you have access to all the resources and programs and activities that we have here at the center, Ultimately, it really doesn't matter whether you consider yourself that or not. We just want to focus on the person and the individual. But what are mm-hmm. your what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think sometimes the words that we use to describe our experience can be very personal. So um, I do like asking people what what sort of terminology do you want to use about your your cancer experience. The one thing that I that I, the word that I don't like is um, when people refer to themselves as a victim, because I feel like a victim is someone who you feel very passive as a victim. Yeah. And, but I'll talk to people about what words and what vocabulary makes sense to them, because it can be very personal. Sometimes people do resonate with those the 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 words such as I'm fighting my cancer I'm in a cancer battle and other people don't feel comfortable with those kinds of terms and they would they would use different words to describe their experience very true and that just goes to show that every cancer journey is different everybody looks at it in a different light so um, we just have to be aware of other people's feelings. Yeah, super mindful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe for your audience to to know that it's okay to think about what words they want to use to describe their experience and to be able to share them again, communicate them with their their team. Yeah. Of I'm not ready to use that term survivor or I I don't like that term or I prefer to describe myself as as living with cancer or having the cancer experience. And all of those are legitimate ways of talking about what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. All good points. All good points. You know, and and again, for our listeners, as we say, um, even though survivorship is in our name and survivorship is, is what we focus on, we truly do focus on each individual individually and um, providing um, a, a smorgasbord or a buffet of things to choose from to help you um, transition during treatment, through your treatment, and after your treatment, um, however best we can help you. That, that's our bottom line. Meet you where you're at. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Whether it's a different term or, you know, you want to say, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I'm I don't even want to talk about it. You know, we understand <laughs> nothing is forced. Nothing is forced. 
Do you have any other strategies that may help our survivors in this new chapter? Well, I know I've talked a little bit about trying to live in the in the present moment. It's a it's an approach that psychologists, psychotherapists describe as mindfulness. And there's two ways to approach mindfulness. There's a, a much more formal way, which can be very helpful, and that involves something quiet like meditation. For some people, that's prayer or reflection um, or walking and being very aware of their environment and just trying to be peaceful. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll, I'll take a very broad definition of mindfulness as any activity where you can really engage your whole focus and you can kind of put the stressors to the side at that moment. And for some people, it's spending time with a family member, doing something fun, preparing a meal or engaging in a craft, playing with a pet, going for a walk, even you know, watching a favorite movie or reading a, reading a good book. Yeah. Anything that kind of engages our attention and gives us a little a little mini vacation from what might be stressing us out is important yeah which leads me back Pam I'm, I couldn't help but think of some of our mini vacations or uh, escapes that we provide here at the center um, you know we do numerous things some are less physical than others um, and some are more uh, maybe crazy than others. You know, we, uh, Dr. Feinstone, we've, we've done, um, some, some outdoor hikes, uh, like a full moon hike, which is always one of my most favorite because it's usually, um, it's not cold and it's not hot. It's usually kind of like the, the, the porridge that's perfect temperature, um, outside and the beautiful, the beauty of the full moon inside, uh, Palo Duro Canyon state park, um, you know, we've also done uh, one of my favorite events, Pam, we've talked about before, Guys and Guns, where uh, we partnered with the Emerald Police Department and they brought out some of their toys, shall we say, and at the gun range. And I mean, you talk about a mental escape. You, you can't I can't imagine thinking about much other than how cool it was shooting guns um, during that time. I have one I have one patient who. Uh, going to the range here was, and going with a friend of his, was kind of his mini vacation in that he um, he got to spend time with a friend, and he was somebody who was very reluctant to sort of express his needs, so that time with a friend was important. And then also the real mental focus it takes at the range to be able to make the target was really good for him because it kind of it took all his took all his attention yeah. and then he couldn't he 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 there was no space for the the cancer to kind of intrude even if it's for 20 minutes oh, we yeah. all need those we all need those breaks incredibly beneficial yeah i yes. want to encourage our listeners to take a look at our calendar and look at those extra events cuz every month we try to plan an extra event so you can take a little mini vacation at what at least one sometimes there's at least one that's right yeah and, you know the, and the cost of them uh, it's absolutely free you know as an and as a side note too um, i can't think of another 
um, a better way to have a mini vacation than maybe if you uh, were to schedule a 30 minute chair massage with Melanie when she is here at the center. Melanie, uh, Dr. Feinstone is our uh, certified oncology massage therapist. And uh, we provide uh, free chair massages, 30 minutes. I mean, Pam, I've had a massage or two in my lifetime and it's, it's quite a vacation. Um, th this is not, you know, your, your hardcore, um, you know, uh, muscle release tension, you know, deep tissue massage. This is a, a quiet chance to, uh, have a, a shoulder, neck and back and uh, opportunity to relieve some stress. So yet another opportunity for those mini vacations. I like that term. That's, that's kind of cool. I, when I talk to people about taking these little breaks, I've kind of broken it down into time frames. And I call it take a minute, take an hour, take a day, take a break. So the take a minute is something that I'll teach people just to take that deep breath or that yawn or that sigh or that sip of a cold beverage um, or a hot beverage if you prefer <laughs> or a stretch, but something that you can do very quickly. Um, and just even being able to take that deep breath can be such a, a muscle relaxer we feel our tension build up during the day or as we feel stressors come on. And that can be very quick. The take an hour can be maybe take half an hour. The chair massage, as you mentioned, Ryan, um, watching a, a favorite TV program, calling a friend, leafing through a, a magazine, playing a, playing a game on your phone, yep. taking, a, taking a quick walk, any of those quick things that can give us a little break. The take a day is is kind of taking a day off and maybe doing a doing a day activity with uh, with the people that are important to you, going going to the uh, going to the beach, um, going on a, to the park, yeah. out for a out for a picnic, all those sorts of things that take a little more planning. And then the take a break is really like more like the big celebration that we've that we've talked about where. We do need to take a vacation um, from things, and that's you know a little bit, little bit longer, and sort of depending on on the individual's resources and and time frame. Yeah, all all great um, resources, all great strategies, all great tips. Um, you know, I I would encourage Pam our listeners to um, find a little bit of way to fit some of this into their daily routine while they're in treatment. Um, especially while they're out of treatment, um, but also also to to um, try to try to fit some of that in. Yeah, you know, um, I know that I've learned a lot so far in this podcast, and I'm going to have to take a minute and um, to thank our guests for coming on and, and sharing your information. We really appreciate everything that you have shared with our listeners. And we leave our guests with a Pete's powerful moment. Would you like to share your Pete's moment? Oh my, um, I'm, uh, as, as we were talking today, I was thinking about a, a woman that I'm, I'm working with who, um, not quite in the survivorship stage yet, but in remission from her cancer. And we're spending a lot of time in our work to in our therapy work together, you know, helping her learn how to trust her body again. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, she's kind of the person who who came to mind. So we spent a lot of time about how do you get to trust your body again? It's communicating with your providers. It's communicating with the the people who your supports, people who are there, who can kind of say, hmm, you seem to ha be having a good day today. You seem to be having a lot of energy or something going on. You don't seem to be yourself. Sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to hard to see that. And, and also I, I think about this woman and I think it's a journey. And so it's a journey for all of us to, for us to be kind to ourselves that you're not going to, you're not going to have all the answers about your survivorship the first day it happens. So be kind to yourself that it is going to be a process. Mm, yeah. That, that right there, Pam, sounds like good homework. It does. It does. <laughs> Be kind, be, kind. Your, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, be absolutely. And be kind. Yeah. Take a minute. Be kind for sure. For sure. Well, we want to uh, say thank you, Dr. Feinstone, for joining us. Um, this, as Pam said, it's been great information. I know I got some good info out of it, um, especially to be kind to myself. And I think as I hope some of our listeners did as well. We also want to say thanks to Pete's CarSmart Kia uh, for sponsoring our podcast. And of course, being a part of the Pete's Powerful Moment, that's one of my favorite parts of our podcast, Pam. I know. it can. I, I like that part too. But also, let's not um, forget to tell our listeners to like, subscribe, share this podcast with anyone going through um, treatment or are done with treatment. And um, call us if you have questions, 806-331-2400. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, every month, uh, a new calendar comes out every month. There's new things on there. There's some of the same classes and activities on there, but there's new classes on there every single month that can help provide those mini vacations, help provide those mind escapes and do that as well. So if you're not receiving our calendar, please do uh, give us a call 806-331-2400. And then make sure you join us again next week for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.